0: Amen. Thank you, choir. Amen. Got here this morning, and I was a little troubled in my spirit. honest with you don't know exactly which direction we're going this morning I don't like when that happens maybe I do see I got a phone call last night and it was the daughter of a pastor in town her dad died 90 years old sick for a while this guy has preached the gospel for 70 years <laughs> just yesterday while he was in and out of consciousness he was preaching a sermon <laughs> old brother Harvey Howe And I went over there and I was standing by his bed in his house and he was laying there. His body was there. He'd already heard the well done, by the way. (laughs) His body was there. His family was around him. I thought of our scripture today with Jesus in the cemetery. John chapter 11, verses 1 to 45. (laughs) And his wife... Of 68 years, said to me, I don't know what I'm gonna do. He's the only pastor I've ever had. (laughs) Only husband she's ever had, too, by the way. She said, I'm gonna miss him, but today I rejoice, she said. (laughs) How in the world is that possible? So I get here this morning, and I'm just not sure what to say. Usually when that happens, it's because somebody here needs a word from the Lord. Somebody here, in this service, or next, or in both, needs a specific word from the Lord. And I want to give it to you. I want Him through me. Who, who is it? Who is it today that needs a word? That needs an encouraging word from the Lord? That needs God right now? Who is it? Would you pray with me? Lord, where do you want to go this morning? What do you want to say to your people? Lord, would you just help us to have receptive hearts? Fill this place. Lord, it's not enough for us to come here out of habit. Lord, we come to be transformed. We come to be touched by the God of all creation. We come to bow at his feet. We've come as a congregation, a family of faith to follow Jesus today. Father, we ask You to speak for Your servants are listening. In Jesus' name, Amen. I want to know Christ. I want to know Christ. Christ. I don't just want to hang around Him. I don't just want to rub shoulders with Him. I don't just want to be with His people. I want to know Him. I want to pay the price for what it takes to know Jesus. Don't you? I want to know Jesus so much I want to be so close to Jesus that I am transformed. I want to know Christ at a level that old things have passed away and all things, I said all things become new. I want to live a life That turns my earth, it's back on the ways of this sinful, depraved world and walks full bore toward Jesus. Not turning to the left, not turning to the right, but faithfully following Jesus every day. How about you? I want to know Christ. See, because I'm convinced. That when we know Him, I mean really know Him, it changes everything. Pastor Chuck, I've been hanging around the church. I've been coming here for years. I have a Bible. I read it once in a while. I know who Jesus is and it doesn't seem to work for me. Do you know Him? I want to know Christ. Ephesians chapter 5 says, Find out what pleases the Lord and then do it. How do you find out what pleases the Lord? You walk with Him, you fellowship with Him, you become intimate with Him. You spend quality time with Him in His Word and on your knees. I want to know Christ. Do you? What you do is you, you listen to Him. You take time and you go, <sighs> you sit or kneel or lay or, or you just, you're in His presence and you listen to Him apart from the hustle and the bustle of your busy day. I want to know Christ. It's been four weeks now that we've been on this journey, this special journey with Jesus. Walking with Him, watching Him, listening to Him speak. This morning, we are with Jesus in a cemetery. Thought about that last night. Brother Harvey, gone to be with the Lord soon. I will be in a cemetery with Brother Harvey's family. Today, we are with Jesus in a cemetery. John chapter 11. Turn there with me, if you will. John chapter 11. Verses 1 through 45. I'm going to read selected passages from that. Follow along as I read, if you will. John chapter 11, verse 1. Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, a village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. You read about that story in John chapter 12, just the next chapter. So the sister sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, This sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's Son may be glorified through it. Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Yet when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. What? Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Yet when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. Wait a minute they needed jesus and then he said to his disciples let us go to go back to judea but rabbi they said in a short a short while ago the jews tried to stone you and yet you are going back there verse 17 on his arrival jesus found that lazarus had already been in the tomb for 4 days Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you have been here, my brother would not have died. Verse 28. After she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now, Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. Verse 32 When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been there, my brother would not have died. Verse 35, Jesus wept. Jesus wept. The shortest verse in the Holy Bible, but one that is most powerful. Jesus wept. What do you want to say to us today, Lord? You know, there's folks here sitting here today, I am sure, there are folks sitting here today that are struggling with some burden in their lives. I'm sure of that. There are people sitting here today that have been crying out to God to set them free, and not much of anything has happened, as far as you can tell. There are people sitting here today that are just downright discouraged. Maybe even depressed. Some might even be defeated. As we read through this 11th chapter of the Gospel of John, one thing that is absolutely crystal clear is this. God does things In his own time and in his own way. Think of that. Remember it. Write it down. Don't forget it. God does things in his own time and in his own way. And he does that for good reason. Look at verse 4. When he'd heard this, heard what? That is, that the man he loved was sick unto death. When he heard this, Jesus said, This sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's Son may be glorified through it. Mary and Martha were praying, crying out to God to heal their brother. They sent word to Jesus because they knew. They had followed Him around. They had seen the miracles that He had done. They knew that Jesus could touch their brother. They had faith that Jesus could do what they were crying out to God to be done. And yet, Jesus had another plan. Jesus was going to do something far more than they could ever ask or imagine. Jesus had a plan for their lives that was going to absolutely change them from the core of who they were and what they believed. You see, God does things in His own time and in His own way. In this case... Jesus stayed another two days, and then there were two days to get back to Bethany, so that He would be glorified, and so that His disciples, who He was preparing to build His church, you know, the church in whom the gates of hell would not prevail against it, He was building them up and preparing them to take His message of the good news of the gospel to the ends of the earth. And this, brothers and sisters, this event was going to be an event that they could look back on for their whole lives and remember that it is true, with God all things really are possible. It's not that I'm gonna do it my way. I don't want God to do it my way. I want Him to do it His way. When He does it His way, and you know He did it His way, it is absolutely true that God can do all things. That nothing is impossible with Him. You know what happens, brothers and sisters? We get the cart before the horse. We get way ahead of God. We try to figure it out before He can even speak to us. We know how we want it done. We know how we know that God God can do it. We know that there's only one way that we're going to get out of this mess, and God, let me explain it to you. And that's our attitude most of the time. And when God doesn't work in the way that you want, or the way that you expect, or the way that I expect, we get defeated. We get discouraged when all along, brothers and sisters, all along, He wants to do far more than you could ever ask or imagine. Well, why doesn't He, Pastor Chuck? Because you give up. Because you lose faith. Because you don't believe. God does things in His own time and in His own way for your good. When God answers prayer, He does it in one of three ways. He says no, He says yes, or He says wait. One of three ways. And every time you have a situation that you come before God and lay it out before Him, every time God looks at your prayers and your situation according to His plan for you, He looks at it and He says, In this specific situation, for this person right now, Chuck, it's no. Because that's what needs to happen to get you to the place where I need you to be. It's no, or it's yes, or it's, most of the time, wait. God is molding us. God is making us. God is drawing us. God is bringing us into intimacy with Him and into a place that we have never been before. Brothers and sisters, in your life, right now, right at this point, Whatever's going on in your life, however heavy life is, however discouraged, whatever's happening in your life, that, you seem to, that it seems to be impossible. Embrace it and trust God. He's working on you. Don't turn your back on Him. Don't give up. We're talking about God. Don't you think He loves you? In the first five verses of our, of our chapter today, John chapter 11, it says two times Jesus loved them. In the first time, in verse 3, it is philio, that deep friendship love, that deep brotherly love. It says Jesus loved deeply Lazarus. And then in verse 5 it says, it says, Lord The one you love, verse 5, where's verse 5? There it is, after verse 4. Jesus loved Martha and her sister Lazarus. That love is agape love. That's the Greek word there for that love. It's divine love. It's the highest form of love. Jesus loved them and waited two days. That just doesn't compute to our human understanding of things. I got a call last night, and I hightailed it over there. Jesus loved them, and He waited two days. Are you waiting for something? Are you waiting for God to do something in your life, brothers and sisters? He loves you. He loves you far more than you could ever imagine. He agapes you. He wants the best for you. Hang on. In faith. In trust. Believe. God does things in His own time, and His own way, and God keep doing it. We believe in you. Somebody say amen. Let me ask you this. How do you respond when God says, wait or no? How do you respond? Martha responded in grief, yes, they'd lost their brother. They were both, Martha and Mary, were in grief. And you know how Martha responded? Verse 21. Lord, if you had been here, my brother, would not have died. But, verse 22, I know that even now, God, you give you will, God will give you whatever you ask. Martha responded in grief, yet in faith. Martha, on her worst day, continued to believe that Jesus could do more than she could ever ask or imagine. She, she prayed. She believed. And Lazarus died. And yet Jesus came and she said, Jesus, we needed you. That's an honest human reaction. Jesus, we needed you. But even now, Jesus, I believe that God will give you whatever you ask for. Jesus said, Verse 23, your brother will rise again, Martha answered. I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, the key verse of this section of Scripture, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Martha, do you believe this? verse 27, is one of those biblical confessions of faith that Jesus built his church on. Remember Peter's in Matthew chapter 16? Peter, all these people are saying I'm this, this, or this. Who do you say that I am, Peter? He says, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. He says, Peter, men haven't revealed this to you. God has revealed this to you. And upon this rock, upon you, Peter, I will build this church. Well, you think of Peter's confession of faith and Martha's. She says, yes, Lord, she told him, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who was to come into the world. You see, Peter's confession of faith came after he saw Jesus walk on the water. You remember Peter got out of the boat and walked to Jesus? Peter's confession of faith came after he saw Jesus feed 5,000 people. I mean, wow! Of course he's the Son of God. Martha's confession of faith came after the death of her brother. Even though you didn't do what I asked you to do, even though you didn't come, I believe. That was Martha's response. Then there's Mary. Mary, the one who sat at the feet of Jesus while Martha worked in the kitchen. Mary, the one who who embraced Jesus and listened to his every word. Here's what she said Lord, verse 32. If you had been there, my brother would not have died, period. That's it. Mary responded to Jesus with grief and pain, disappointment, and that's it. You know what Jesus did? He wept. Do you think he wept because Lazarus had died? Oh, he was going to do something about that. He wept at the response of people who should have known better. Jesus wept. Mary, don't you get it? I am the resurrection and the life. I am the Lord of new beginnings. I am the Lord of abundant life. Let me ask you, how do you respond when Jesus says, wait? Impatience? Frustration, anger, give up, or faith, belief, and trust? Martha or Mary? How about you? How do you respond to God, the God of all creation, that has your best spiritual life at, in mind when he when he deals with you, when he works with you, when he draws you, when he molds you, when he holds you. See, we're talking about God. God. He knows what he's doing where you are concerned. Hello. God is an expert in you. God created you. He knows what you need to go from here to there, spiritually. Sometimes, to get from here to there, He has to say to you, No. Or yes. Or wait. And when He does, we respond With a human response, of course, we're human beings. Lord, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. But Lord, I still believe and have strong faith in you. You know what we need to do, brothers and sisters? Step back. Take our hands off. And let God do His thing. And that means now... And that means in your situation right now, step back, take your hands off, and let God work. Truth is, Jesus can change everything. I am the resurrection and the life, I am the Lord of awesome new beginnings. I am the God of abundant life, the way, the truth, and the life. I am the Lord, the God that sets people free. Do you believe? The last part of our passage of Scripture today is Jesus in the cemetery. Starting at verse 38. Let me read that for us. Verse 38. Jesus once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, that's practical Martha, by the way, the older sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor. He's been in there four days. In the old English language it said, he stinketh. (laughs) I love that. That's right to the point. Then Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So then, so they took away the stone. I love this part. <laughs> Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I know that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out, or something like that. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said, take off the grave clothes and let him go, or loose him and set him free. What is it today, brother and sister, that's weighing you down? Maybe there's a stone over the entrance of life. Maybe you feel entombed. Maybe you're in the middle of something that's absolutely impossible. Here's what I want us to do today. I want us to take our eyes off of the impossibilities that it looks like in our life and put our eyes on all the possibilities wrapped up in Jesus Christ. The one who can remove the stone and set us free. The one who is greater than, than, than the one that is in the world. The great, greater is He that's in me, that Jesus Christ is in me, than he that's in the world. You see, with God, all things are possible. Do you believe that, brothers and sisters? See, I just know that there's people here this morning that need a miracle. You do. You need God to do a miracle in your life. In the bulletin this morning, there are two blue cards. Each bulletin has two blue cards. And on the card, all it says is, God, I need a miracle. I'd like you to take that card out. I put two in there. Actually, I didn't. But we put two in there so that you could give one to someone who maybe not doesn't have one. Make sure, if you have two, that you make sure someone next to you has one. Also, the ushers, if, if, there are, if they have some extras, I don't know if they have any extras. Anyway, take those blue cards. Here's what I want you to do with them. God, I need a miracle. First, what I want you to do is I want you to write on that card what miracle you need. Just write on there, what miracle do you need? It can be a short word, short or whatever, however you want to do it. Then what I'm going to ask you to do in a few minutes, I'm going to ask you to come up and lay them on the altar. Maybe you need to kneel by your card for a few minutes and pray that God would set you free. At least come and lay them on the altar. If you can't come forward for some reason, give it to somebody else and have them lay it on the altar. You can put your name on it if you'd like to. Because what I'm going to do is I'm going to collect all these cards. And this week, I'm going to go into the prayer room and I'm going to pray over them on your behalf. And I'm going to pray that God would give you your miracle. What you need for Him to do. How you need to be set free. Maybe you need to be healed. I don't know. Maybe you have a financial issue. Maybe there's a relationship problem that you have in your life that's just stopped your progress with God. Maybe you're frustrated. Maybe you're angry, impatient. Whatever it is, write it on the card. And in a minute, I'm going to ask you to come forward. Martha? you believe that i can do what i say i can do yes lord i believe yes lord father we need a miracle from you my miracle lord is that you pour out your spirit in this place Lord, your, your children, my brothers and sisters, some of them need a special touch from You. Whatever it is, Lord, I pray that You would help us to believe in You. In Jesus' name, Amen. It was my first pastorate. I was young. Really wet behind the ears, didn't know really what I was doing. I know a little more what I'm doing now, but not much. Been there about a month. There was a lady, a family. The husband was on the church board. The wife was eight months months pregnant. Three weeks went by. We were all excited. She went to her last visit a week before her due date. They couldn't find a heartbeat. They told her, we don't know what's wrong, but your baby is dead. We need you to carry this baby to term so that your body, they said, would naturally abort it. So she's there for the last week with a dead baby carrying that baby. She had the baby, and I went with the father to the funeral home. I mean, a lot of help I was. And we walked into the place where they have the caskets. Walked over to the little ones. The cheapest one looked like an ice chest. He took one look, the father took one look at the ice chest and ran out, bursting in tears. And there I am, all alone, with the funeral director. And I said to him, I think we'll take that one. Had the funeral. And just a few of us went out to the cemetery. It was a cemetery by the highway. I still remember the cars going by. People living their lives. Going, coming. And here's a family in great pain. I'm standing there, not knowing what to do. And I felt Jesus. Jesus was with me in the cemetery that day. We just put our arms around each other, buried that lifeless little body, and went home. I will never forget that day that Jesus was with me in the cemetery. You see life happens good things bad things but Jesus is there all the time he is the resurrection and the life and he wants to set you free so as the music plays you come God I need a miracle come this time